Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2019. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Terry Moses, Director of Safety Services, Wichita Public Schools. Welcome to Issues 2019. Thrilled to be here. Great to talk to you again. (laughs) Nice to be back with you. Now, can this be true? Have you been in the job since 2013? Yes, I have. Okay. And for those who don't know, what did you do before that? I know you had a life. I had a life. <laughs> I had a great life. I was with Wichita Police Department for 33 years and just absolutely loved working in the arena of public safety and was very fortunate to be able to retire to a job that's still public safety. Well, did you had, uh, where'd that come from? I mean, I knew you, you played basketball at Wichita State, that's correct? correct? That's correct. You're from a small town called... Green. Green. Yes. <laughs> I'm remembering some yes. pretty good stuff about you, but uh, why, how did the law enforcement thing come about? Where'd that bug bite you? Uh, be careful what you allow your kids to do in school. Hmm. Uh, I was challenged with writing a informative speech in high school in a 1A school, and I saw a magazine uh, that had a headline article on police women. And I did a speech, and it worked out well. And like anything else in the world, the next time you had to write a report or the next time you had to write an essay, same topic, same topic. And just that interest grew, and here I am today. And you saw Angie Dickinson on TV? (laughs) Something like that. Actually, if you look back at the time, very much so. That was about the first time that you saw women depicted in any type of um, law enforcement capacity. You're right. You're right. Uh, certainly when I joined in 1980, uh, the members of the Wichita Police Department that were female were about 5%, and that was about true nationwide. Very small numbers. Uh, unfortunately, still hasn't grown a lot. Uh, nationwide, uh, the number of uh, female police officers still sets in the 12 to 15% range. Uh, certainly would love to see that increase. So anybody out there who's interested in a wonderful helping career, mm. uh, look at law enforcement. Do you sometimes hire women in uh, the USD 259? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we like to have people that can interact with kids in a variety of situations, and having people of both genders uh, certainly helps us be more successful. Well, another school year is underway, and you're responsible for the safety of more than 50,000 students. Yes. Plus teachers, staff, and visitors. Yes. How many helpers do you have, Terry? Uh, We've got about 80 people on our staff that do a variety of things from direct services to keeping track of our crisis drills, um, reports, all those kind of things. So a variety of folks. And and, uh, how many buildings and facilities need to be watched in USD 259? We have 100 buildings and 94 of them are active what we call attendance centers or schools. Uh, And that encompasses, like you said, just over 50,000 students. A couple of improvements have been made, as I understand it, regarding video ability in the schools and locks on classroom doors. Could you uh, tell us about those improvements? Yes. Uh, A couple of years ago, the state of Kansas, the legislators, saw fit to uh, give money uh, to schools to improve security. And last year we applied for and received the grant, and this year we did too. This year we're having a focus on what I call both high-tech and low-tech. On the high-tech side, We're improving our camera systems. We're moving from partial digital and analog to all digital. Um, 
all of those of you that watch TV about 15 years ago when we switched over from analog to digital know the difference in the power and the improved service that you get with digital. So we did that. On the low tech side, we're doing things like putting numbers on doors and windows so that if you're on the inside of a building and you're calling 911, you could say, I'm in door whatever, and that matches the door on the outside so the responder would know where you are. So we're trying to do a holistic approach, making sure that we provide services that are necessary um, to make sure we can respond to and adequately prevent crises. And that's simple, but you know, I, I was thinking about that as you were speaking. Uh, people know where they are, right? I remember a few years ago, I tried to call 911 because I saw something on the street. I gave them the wrong address about four times. It is and very finally difficult. I said, wait a minute, I'm on 13th, not 21st. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very difficult. And, and especially if you're like a parent or a visitor of a school, uh, our school, Southeast High, the new building is almost a quarter mile long. And being able to tell somebody where you are, easily get into a building, do you know north, south, east, west? Not so much, but certainly if you have a number that you can see, uh, it's just like on the turnpike, they've added quarter mile um little notes. So you know if you break down where you are, you've got that opportunity to tell somebody exactly where you are. You know, regarding young people, the, the vaping is in the news a lot. Is that anything that will impact USD 259? Um, tobacco use, vaping use, unfortunately, kids do make bad decisions. They made We made bad decisions when we were kids. Uh, we have seen vaping in our schools. We do a lot to try to educate kids about the negatives associated with vaping. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to do a teen drug summit here coming up, and one of the things that we're going to focus on is the dangers of vaping. It's all about education. We educated our way out of smoking. Uh, we really put a hard press on trying to tell people how about the dangers of smoking, and then somehow or another, um, this vaping phenomenon has come up, and now we need to re-educate our young people about the dangers of those type of things. And now we've had the report of it, uh, as we go, as we record this, at least one vaping-related sort of a death in Kansas. This was a person over the age of 50. Yes. But uh, who had other health problems, but still. Yeah. Well, you know, know, anytime, from what we know of vaping, anytime you put anything in your lungs that doesn't belong there is not a good thing. Yeah. What what else is new this year? Talking about the two security things that you were doing, uh, what else is going on that you want to talk about? Um, Well, I'll talk about kind of our holistic approach. Holistic Um, approach. Well, you can't do do safety if you don't do it from front to back. And what we like to tell people is that we do prevention on the front end, we do protection, we do mitigation, we do response, and we do recovery. Uh, An example I give when I go back to that car and driving down the turnpike, uh, on the prevention side, you learn how to drive a car the right way. You put good tires on your car so you stay on the road. Uh, You know, we make sure on the protection side, you've got those airbags and that that seatbelt. On the mitigation side, when you're driving down the turnpike, you've got the um, guardrails on one side to keep you on the road, and on the other side, you keep from having a uh, front-on collision by crossing over. And then, of course, we respond, EMS, tow truck, whatever, and then recovery. You go to the body shop to fix your car, and you go to the physical therapist to fix yourself. We do the same thing in schools. We make sure that we have something at every one of those levels, that we do everything from protection to or prevention to recovery. You talked about a couple of things. Are there other steps that uh, you do, you take to, with students and staff to kind of prepare them for a possible shooter situation? Absolutely. Uh, that kind of falls in that mitigation kind yeah, of area yeah. where we're, we do drills. Uh, you know, 
Uh, one of the things that we want to do always, of course, is fire drills, tornado drills. Well, now we realize that we also have to do drills in regards to that violent intruder or that situation. So we trained people. Yesterday, we had a police activity outside our schools, and our schools went on what we call a lockout. Three or four of them, right? Yes. And they had drilled prior to that, so they knew how to handle that situation. So when they handled it, what we want people to be able to do is handle situations with confidence and not create anxiety or fear. Or a panic. Or a panic. Uh, And that's when we talk about responding to that violent intruder situation, I go back to my basketball days. Uh, when was the last time you saw anybody shoot a free throw and they yelled and screamed before they did it? Uh, can you imagine Sully Sullenberg? I, I did in school. Okay, did, did it, was it effective? Yeah. <laughs> not so much. I missed. <laughs> not so much. Not no. so much. Can you imagine Sully parking an airplane on the Hudson screaming and yelling? Yeah. No. So we really focus on calm. Uh, even when we're going to tornado shelters, we want to do it quickly. We want to get there quickly. But we want to make sure that we do it in a calm and order, organized manner. And we do the same thing when we move to those violent intruder drills. That's true. But you know in a situation, some of that could just fly out the window. Yeah. But calm is contagious. Somebody, yeah, somebody will be calm. Yeah. And that's what we really focus on when we talk to staff is about that fact that calm is contagious. And if we can have control and if we can get people to the right place in an expeditious amount of time, they're much more likely to be successful in those situations. Would you talk a little bit about school resource officers and their role in the security at the schools? Uh, we absolutely love them. Uh, we have eight in our schools. We have seven with the Wichita Police Department and one with the Bel Air Police Department because Northeast Magnet is actually in the city of Bel Air. Um, they are commissioned police officers that work beside our staff in the schools on a daily basis. And I know from my time in law enforcement how valuable that is. It's creating that relationship with a person in uniform. Um, so if kids do need to reach out to somebody, they know that that person in his uniform is a safe person to reach out to. And also we gain the value of information. Would you like to have more SROs? Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to have more security people too, just like we'd <laughs> like to have more teachers and more counselors. Right. Uh, but we understand uh, we're publicly funded and we understand that budgets, you know, you, you have to set limits on that. Um, so we're thrilled to have the ones that we have. Um, I have a great, great staff of SROs right now. I can tell you they're very, very, very caring individuals. Um, We had one that was just recently shown that um, once a week he goes into the Child Development Center and does reading with the little kids. How about that? It's just an opportunity to reach out and, again, establish those relationships with students. Tell us about the Speak Up program. Speak Up is something that we do in partnership with the Wichita Crime Commission. Uh, The Wichita Crime Commission has been around for many, many years. It's a group of people who are basically committed to making our community better. Uh, And they have funded through us a program where we use an outside vendor, just like Crime Stoppers does, and students or staff or anybody, even you, could make a call or now we use an app because most kids don't talk over the phone. They text over the phone. And so we use an app that students or anybody can text us with concerning information, and then that's reported 24 hours a day. If it's an emergency situation, they actually contact our local 911, and we activate people in the middle of the night. If it's a non-emergency situation, uh, then we will deal with it in the school as necessary. When there's an incident in the schools, What's the policy for informing media, Terry? You know, if you send out an email to parents and teachers, you know we're all going to hear about it within 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, Would you go proactive? Do you try to – is there any way you can do that or do you do that? uh, We pretty much rely on that. We send out – we have a system called ParentLink, which is our 
basically internal communication system. It's the way we let everybody know that we aren't going to have school on a snow day. Um, but we also, uh, like yesterday, we had some schools that were on a lockout, and we would send notifications to the parents that, hey, this happened in your school today. So if your son or daughter comes home and is talking about what happened, you already know what's going on. And then we use that to, to um, talk to the media as well. Uh, that's one of the ways that we share information. Like you say, as soon as we send it out, somebody generally is going to find out about it. We have an excellent strategic communication group that is willing to take questions and do follow-up yeah. uh, when media has yeah, questions. That's, that's helpful. It really is. Uh, yes. You're listening to Issues 2019 on the Intercom radio stations. And our guest, Terry Moses, Director of Safety Services, Wichita Public Schools. How good a basketball player were you? I was marginal. <laughs> <laughs> you very I was, rarely hear somebody say, oh, you know, I was really, really good. good. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was incredibly fortunate to be able to play Division I sports uh, and gain so much from that, uh, learning about teamwork, responsibility, um, being a leader. Uh, I can tell you it was a, uh, one of the reasons I'm an advocate for extracurricular activities is how they helped me in my life. Uh, whether it was band, speech, uh, whatever, or sports, um, I truly believe that our kids, if they can find that passion and love, uh, that hook to get them involved in school, that's what's going to keep them successful. One of the superintendents, uh, I think it was Allison, who told me on several occasions, past superintendent, extracurricular, that's a, really the reason most a lot of kids show up. Absolutely. It's, it's that hook. It's, it's the hook that it's, gets them in there, and yes. then they, maybe they'll learn something. Well, it's <laughs> because if you're having a hard time in math, but if you have that hook that, hey, I can play basketball or I can be on this group or dance or whatever it is, I can yeah. be a part of the orchestra choir, but that'll help me then see the value of showing up and being there for math. Yeah. Well, what's the most prob- uh, common problem you deal with day to day? Um, it's probably more the little stuff day-to-day, traffic issue, parent complaints, uh, maybe even custody issues, unfortunately, that we have those in our schools that show up in our schools. Um, of course, we do have the complaints about bullying. Um, those are things that we have to deal with uh, immediately and quickly. And in today's world, it's certainly uh, when we get information about threats. Um, and with today's world, Uh, We get information about old threats, new threats. Uh, It's really a process of sorting through um, the information. How do you decide what's real? It takes a lot of investigation. uh, Do you really have to just go with almost everything? We take everything seriously, Yeah. and then we sort through it. Uh, An example is uh, last year we received a threat to a high school that had a name that was similar to our, our high school. It was in, another, I believe, Rhode Island. Another state. Another yeah. state. But with the electronics, like we were talking earlier, um, the electronics don't sort out, hey, you've got a name. All of our high schools are named very, 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 they're directional. Uh, you, and so they're very common. You talked about, you just brushed on bullying a minute ago. That's my next question. Uh, how big is that problem? It exists everywhere. We see it on the national scene. So certainly we see it in our schools One of the things that we do on that prevention side when I was talking about that holistic approach to crisis is we focus on education, uh, teaching kids how they can deal with problem solving. Somebody's going to make you mad. It's, I'm sorry, it's going to happen. And we have to model good behavior and we have to teach kids how to deal without without becoming a bully or angry uh, and without becoming a victim. How do you stand up for yourself and how do you stop from yourself from being angry or aggressive? 
Well, it's, just, it's tragic that now and then, I don't know if you've had it in Wichita schools, but of course, this is September is uh, also Suicide it Awareness is. Month. I, I, sometimes it can lead to, to that if a kid's really getting Absolute, mistreated. Absolutely. And one of the things we do, again, on the prevention side is we do suicide prevention training. Uh, it's mandated by the state, but we really tried to get, put together a program that trains our staff to look at warning signs, uh, to make sure that we're providing uh, information to both parents and staff about services that can be provided. One of the things that we know about suicide, and I go back to my time in law enforcement, is the stigma associated with mental illness. Uh, if you have a, a lump or a mole that's out of control, you're going to go receive medical assistance for that. Uh, but if you're dealing with a mental illness, there's that stigma of taking that first step and actually going and getting help. Mm -hmm. And nationwide, we need to do a lot better job of removing that stigma so people can feel comfortable going and receiving help for mental health disorders. Talked about vaping a while ago. Are drugs and alcohol a problem in USD 259? Uh, we're dealing with teenagers. Yes. Ah, short answer. <laughs> short answer. Uh, that's not going to change It's much. not going to change. Uh, and we know that. Uh, research has shown that's not going to change much. Uh, what kids need is trusted adults. What kids need is people involved in their lives. And we go back to extracurricular activity. Uh, you know, who said years ago that uh, idle time is the, you know, the worst something. thing? Devil yeah. something. I can't remember <laughs> what the saying is. But you get the point. Yeah. Uh, we know that when kids have free time, they sometimes make bad decisions. So the more we can keep them occupied with positive activities, with positive peers, uh, with positive decision-making, again, good role modeling on the part of people that they're actively involved with, are all going to make these kids more successful. Tell us about efforts to inform students and parents concerning violence policies. Um, I know you, doesn't every school have a policy handbook or something like that? Uh, we have one for the entire district. Okay. Uh, and we provide that information. We also do most things uh, through the website now and through the enrollment process. One of the negatives is the enrollment process has a packet that's about an inch thick. Uh, and we know you aren't going to read through all of it yeah. but when you need it. So we try to send out, I know all of the schools do newsletters to provide information. Last year we had a little one of those um, internet uh, meme scares, and we provided the principals information from my office about things you can tell parents about safe ways to use cell phones, those kind of things. And I know the principals put those in those newsletters that they send out to their parents. What is done to ensure safety on school grounds after hours? Um, well, uh, like you anybody else. you got somebody else, around all the time, don't you? Uh, our staff is here 24-7, but I'll be honest, we have 94 buildings, and you can't, just like <laughs> this building, you can't cover a building 24-7. Um, technology is out there. You know, our buildings, we have cameras on all our buildings, both interior and exterior. They're alarmed as well. Uh, and we've fenced most of our properties to keep our property safe. That's been a very positive move from just things like keeping dogs off of our property after hours, as well as keeping from people from driving on our property. Um, so we've done a variety of things to make sure that our buildings are safe 24-7. Tell us about uh, school safety during severe weather. During severe weather. Yeah, well, a few years ago, Jefferson yes. School kind of got hit by a tornado. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things I think that this community did wonderfully is in 2008, they passed a, passed a bond issue that allowed us to build safe rooms in our schools. And so we do have safe rooms in our buildings. Yesterday, uh, we did a district-wide tornado drill. And people say, why do you do that in the fall? Well, that's the start of school. And we know in Kansas, you can still have tornadoes at this time of the year. But we tested our facilities, and that's what we do in our drills. 
We do a drill debrief follow-up, and for the last 24 hours, I've been receiving a whole lot of emails from people. Hey, everything worked fine. We had a problem with this. We had one classroom where maybe the intercom didn't work, but that's the time to find it out is in that drill process. Are you uh, getting the support you need from the Board of Education, realizing that a negative answer could cost you your job? (laughs) No, I think we have an excellent board. Uh, I am um, absolutely thrilled with the administrative staff that we have. I think Dr. Thompson and when I was hired, uh, Mr. Allison, uh, both great administrators, um, they see the value. And when you talk about the Board of Education, and I'm actually glad you asked that question, The board set up four goals for the district um, two years ago, and the number four goal is to ensure that schools are trusted as safe places. And I go across the state, and I guarantee you there are very very few schools that have a non-traditional education goal. You know, our first three goals are the graduation rate, the third grade reading rate, and the making sure that we have those programs that are tailored to kids um, those degree completion programs, those other kind of programs, yeah, the yeah. certificate programs. Uh, but we have a goal of safety. And I think that speaks loudly that our Board of Education thought so much about safety that they put it in their highest priority. What are you, what are you, how about support from parents? I think so overall— most, most, most parents are very concerned about their kids. Some of them aren't at all, you know. <laughs> I think most parents are very good at following procedures. Um, for example, four years ago, we put in a process that everybody enters our building has to get a badge when they enter in. At first, there was some concern, well, people aren't going to come to our buildings because you have to take out your driver's license and you have to scan in. But the overwhelming feedback we got from parents was, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're doing that. I'm glad that you're checking people as they enter into our building. So overall, we get very positive feedback from parents. Occasionally, I I can tell you our biggest problem with parents is the pickup and the drop-off and being patient (laughs) and following our um, both road and driving laws. Um, We tell kids all the time, uh, you know, safety, safety, safety. The best parents I see and I absolutely love them. They park a block away. They get their steps walking in. And then when they pick their kid up, they take them by their hand and they model crossing the street at the right place. They're taking that 15-minute walk to talk to their kids about how their day went, what they learned, who their friends are, and they're just modeling that excellent behavior in terms of how you establish relationships. What are the biggest challenges in your job? Um, it's 24-7. No. Never ends. Uh, you know, one of the things, uh, the misconception I had when I retired from the police department, because the police department was really 24-7, um, that this would not be. But in the day of age of electronic communication and threats and those kind of things, uh, I've spent my fair share of nights up uh, trying to resolve situations. Uh, so our biggest challenge is making sure that we provide 24-7 service with a fairly small staff that actually works 24-7. What, what are the biggest rewards in your job, Terry? Uh, When I go into schools and I see kids smiling and having a good time, I can tell you that um, I absolutely love interaction with kids. Every once in a while, um, like last year, I got called to judge a speech competition. And like this is just so cool, listening to these kids and seeing their optimism and their skills and their growing skills and helping them as they grow uh, to be positive adults. 
And, of course, the big question, basketball. Which is better, the zone defense or the person-to-person defense? What did you call it? You didn't call it man-to-man, did you? Um, yeah, we called it man-to-man. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. That's kind of sexist, yeah, I know it? it is. And I still struggle with the manpower versus staffing, but I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. We still call it man-to-man. I'm a, I'm a diehard um, I'm a diehard person-to-person. I, I, I think the best way to defend something is to be right there. <laughs> on top of them. One-on-one. One-on-one. Take responsibility. Yes. And you're taking a lot of responsibility. Yes. Terry, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate the, your dedication and, and all of the people who are working at USD 259. Make sure those kids are safe and, and getting a good education. Thank you for your contribution uh, to the schools, to our community. It's always fun to talk to you. So glad you asked. <laughs> our guest is Terry Moses, Director of uh, Safety Services, Wichita Public Schools. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2019. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t